Welcome to another episode of Paul Don Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Mike Watson. Uh, he's the VP of uh, Product Strategy at Cree, and uh, we're going to talk about the uh, interesting space that is solid-state lighting today because it's well, it's been predicted that solid-state lighting will change the world, and it seems like they're doing a pretty darn good job of fulfilling that. Wouldn't you say so, Mike? Well, Alex, I think we're doing a darn good job, but we have a long ways to go, and uh, and and we're just excited to, to keep going. Well, I agree with you completely. I mean, um, the, the core technologies behind a lot of these products are still relatively immature, and so between the materials technology, the circuit topologies, the packaging technologies, it's all a gestalt, and everything has to be improved at once almost to move the ball forward, correct? I think everything always has to be improved. That's, that's true in almost any industry, whether you're talking smartphones, computers, tablet, any, anything, and certainly solid-state lighting isn't immune to the need for perpetual improvement and continuous improvement. Um, I, I well, think although if I may jump in, Mike, in the, in the, in the silicon carbide space, you've got companies throwing silicon carbide power semiconductors in TO220 cans. I mean, it's two twenty packages. Absolutely. You know, it, 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 so so. And, but the thing is, is that whereas a, a power semiconductor guy can say, "Well, I'm getting not exactly the performance I want," but he's trying. I'm trying to reach certain things. In the case of lighting, you you, you know, it, it's not a case of well, let me just achieve this number. I've got to achieve all the numbers, right? You have to achieve all the numbers, but you have to first understand what consumers want to begin with, and, and consumers are really asking for why should I switch and, and like all transitions from analog technology to solid state and in the lighting industry it's really the last huge industry to be flipped from from analog to solid state they're basically saying hey give me what I have now but give me an advantage so why switch we, you have to some, make something that's better than they fundamentally have today for mass adoption and to achieve that every part of the system around light has to improve um, and, and to pro provide that value to the consumer this is also true. So now let's say, obviously, you know, you've got a front row seat to what's going on in the industry. What would you say are some of the biggest issues right now in the space? Uh, some of the biggest issues are actually just getting products that meet what consumers want. To be able to, you know, there's 5 billion, for example, light bulbs in North America alone, 4 billion are still incandescent, and those 5 billion light bulbs are in 5 billion fixtures, whether they be, you know, lamps or pendants or sconces that are all designed around the venerable shape of the, uh, you know, the Edison bulb. Um, so and, and if I may jump in, Mike, the, the, the thermal performance of the incandescent bulb. And the thermal performance of the incandescent bulb, which is actually thermally far worse, but the way it radiates its heat is very different than a solid-state product like an LED radiates its heat. So the Edison base was never designed to dissipate even, you know, the, the 9.5 watts that we have in our 60-watt equivalent bulb. Um, out without having some other thermal management. So you have to adapt to that form factor, but adapt to the form factor in a way that produces that pleasant, the, omni, the omnidirectional light, that warm light that people want, and fits in their in their current fixtures. Well, and, and, and that brings us to a, a related issue. I've been, I've been covering optoelectronics technology for, for a bit, and one of the things that I've always thought could have happened was that LED could have taken a page from the halogen people and all who realized they can't just replace the Edison socket, but let's come up with a whole field of uh, application-specific luminaires that take the advantage of the technology and apply them. And we're only just starting to see that kind of technology now. Well, I think he's just starting to see it, but if you look at the, you know, how do you change a market? And, and at Cree, 
Our goal is 100% LED lighting adoption. And so you can, you can approach this in a couple of fundamental ways. One is adapting to the retrofit world, which is what we're choosing to do right now for the consumer. And one is just saying, hey, here's the great value that you can provide with, with LED lighting in, in a solid state form. Um, we think that the pragmatic approach of getting first, consumers don't, haven't cared about LED lighting for over 100 years. This is a, this is a multi-generational, we've been used to the same product. It's not like the evolution of phones from, you know, the operator to a rotary to a touchstone to a mobile to a smartphone, um, where we have our, our, our siblings and everything growing up with different technologies than us. Everyone has grown up with the same bulb. The industry has built luminaires and lamps around the same type of bulb. And so to ask the consumer to switch both the light source and the light fixture that the source was illuminating at the same time, we think is asking too much of the consumer. So first you have to get them to understand why that it is time to switch, that there's an economic value in switching and that we can deliver light as good or better than they're getting from incandescent today that provides them some benefits. And when you get enough consumers that are making the switch to LED technology, then you can <coughs> very, very great value, whether it be controls, whether it be new, new forms of lighting that, that are, are, are more adapted to the type of you know, solid-state light that we create. Um, but we really do believe you first have to get the consumer engaged and then deliver some added value. Got it, got it. Well, you know, and that, that does make sense, and I must admit, I'm a recalcitrant Convert, convert to okay. We gotta do Edison socket stuff. Although we have to flash on the fact that the Edison socket was designed as a retrofit for candle sconces. So in reality, we're trying to keep a form factor that dates back to tallow candles alive. Yeah, and absolutely. And I and I think that we all have the same core to us in what we really do want to provide. What solid state light can provide the consumer. But, you know, the, the key to that statement is you have to get the consumer to care first. And so yes. the path of, of being backwards compatible is a way of getting the consumers to care. And if they only understand that the minute you screw that 60-watt or 40-watt or, or a new 75-watt in, that you start saving the moment it screws in and people understand that and that, you, that the light is equal or better to what you're, you get today from incandescent, then – you actually have a community to market to, to, to sell to, to provide extra value to. Um, but doing something that's just awesome for the sake of doing something awesome with no market there doesn't make sense. No, that's a, that is an excellent, excellent point. I mean, and uh, the bottom line is, is that there are a lot of empty sockets out there, and if you can find something that will uh, fill them effectively, then you're ahead of the game. And you had mentioned now, uh, I was just about to ask you, where is the current state of the art in Edison-based uh, LED lamps? Well, obviously, we think we're the current state of the art, uh, but that's because we really took up the challenge at first. You know we make both components and, and lighting systems, and for a long time, um, you know, our strategy was to sell components to the official manufacturers that make light bulbs and and help them and hope that they do it right. But frankly, the industry wasn't moving fast enough um, to, to really give this value to the consumer. And so we, in March of this past, of this year, we, we launched the Cree LED bulb, first in the 40 and 60 watt version. And you know, the reason we did that was to first show the consumer that there really is a way of providing a light that looks and lights like your traditional light bulb, but is better. And it's better because it lasts longer. It's better because it, you know, we give it a 10 year warranty to assure that. And it's better because it saves 84% of the energy use of the traditional incandescent. Um, and, and we 
went and wanted to first get that statement out there, um, but also it covers 80% of the market of, of traditional bulbs, our, our 40 and 60 watts. We knew when we launched it, we would need to broaden the product line, and we knew that there was a need for, for more brightness. And so we also wanted to make sure we didn't fall on our own principles of looking lights like a light bulb. And so we are happy to uh, have just launched the 75-watt Cree LED bulb. And the 75-watt Cree LED bulb is exactly the same form factor. It looks like a light bulb. It's an A19 form factor. Um, in fact, uh, one of the great innovations is it uses the same amount of LEDs as our, our, our 60-watt as well. And um, that's, that's really a testament to the type of technology that we can do as a fully vertically integrated lighting manufacturer, that we can take the, the system requirements that a consumer des desires and demands, that standard form factor, the standard need for omnidirectional, the warm glow, and be able to backwards innovate down to the substrate if we have to, to be able to provide that value to the consumer. Right, right, right. No, that makes all the sense, Mike. So why don't you give us the, the, the big stats on this device? What's the output? Um, is it uh, available in different color temperatures? Um, and how much power is it drawing? Yeah, the, it's a 75-watt equivalent. It consumes 13.5 watts uh, of power. It's 1,100 lumens. Uh, it's 82% more efficient than a 75-watt equivalent incandescent. Um, and uh, it comes, again, with our standard 10-year warranty, last 25,000 hours, um, 2,700 Kelvin, the warm color temperature, and we will have a, a, a daylight version coming as well, the 5,000 Excellent. But right now, you can get at the Home Depot uh, the 2,700 Kelvin soft white Cree LED bulb. Well, full disclosure, Mike, and to my audience, I when I did my house renovation a couple of years back, I replaced all of my can lights with the 11.5-watt Crees that are at Home Depot, and uh, I must admit they're quite nice. Yeah, we're very proud of that. In fact, we were surprised, but pleasantly surprised when Consumer Reports just released that they had been testing them for 25,000 hours because they wanted consumers to actually know whether LED manufacturer claims were valid or not. And so a few weeks ago, Consumer Reports launched, hey, we've tested them for 25,000 hours. They look the same. They're still lighting, and they were very happy with uh, the results of those very, you know, can lights that you bought. Well, and that, that makes a lot of sense also because the, well, the bottom line is, is that the LEDs offer the homeowner two things. You've got both the reduced cost, but you also got the increased uh, reliability in the extended lifetimes, I don't have to reach up in the damn can as often. Exactly. That's the point. I mean, when you're, when you're talking about looks like a light bulb, life <coughs> works better. Works better means lifetime. That lifetime means I don't have to get on a ladder. And when you, especially with recessed lighting or with our bulbs that are in high ceilings, you know, or places that you don't want to go and change that often, um, you really do have that value of, of put it in once and it'll probably outlast the time you're in the home. And we're getting to the point where we need the consumer to understand that um, they have been living in a world where they basically accept, accepted failure for over 100 years. They've accepted a heater that happens to generate light, where 90% of the energy consumed goes into heat and only 10% goes in, in, into light. And what we want, and because of that, and they last only a thousand hours, so they become this dis disposable commodity. But with LED technology and the Cree LED bulb, it really isn't a disposable commodity, it's more a transferable asset. When you have something that even three hours a day lasts over 22 years, it's something that you may pull out of your, your lamp, or as we say in some of our advertising, outlasts your taste in lighting fixtures, right? See, 
it's something that is transferable and it's an asset because it saves from the moment that you plug it in and turn it on. There you go. There you go, Mike. And actually, that, those, are, that, those are very valid points. I mean, uh, even the old uh, colonials used to take their nails when they moved from place to place. You know, the bottom line is is that once lighting is considered infrastructure instead of disposable, it changes the way people think about it. Absolutely. And, and the commercial, so, commercial world is Oh, go ahead, please. The commercial world has thought about that for a while, but we need to you – know, really, it's the consumer is important to create because consumers are workers, too, and they work commercially. And we do believe that when consumers understand the value, it will help translate to even faster adoption in the commercial world and landscape as well. Agreed, agreed. So, Mike, do you have any final thoughts for our audience before we close out the episode? You know, I, I think the final thoughts are it really is time to, to switch to LED lighting and, you know, create LED bulbs specifically. Um, not because necessarily it's social good or anything like that. It's because it actually makes economic sense. These things look exactly like you expect them to look. They perform exactly like you'd expect them to look and work in your, in your current lamp or sconce. And if you drop them, they don't break. And, and if you, well, if you drop them, we have a glass. If you drop them and they, and they break, then they're affordable and you can buy another or you can, you know, we can return them and, and, uh, and, and replace them. So, um, it's, it's one of those things, and by the way, it's harder to drop because we have a nice coating on top of the, the glass that makes it easier to, to grip and handle the Right. Um, right, and also that coating must import, impart some kind of uh, ruggedness to the glass envelope itself. It is, it is it's ruggedness to the glass and a shatter resistance to the glass, which you can't say about either CFL or, or even in condition. <laughs> no, no, you can't. No, you can't. I did, matter of fact, I just tossed a drop light in my car and broke the dang CFL. Uh, I didn't tell the environmental people, don't tell them. <laughs> well, you know, everyone will deal with that situation a little bit differently. There. But, um, you know, we are held to, as an industry, higher standards for safety than both CFL and incandescent, but we embrace that. And what we want to tell consumers is it really is time to change. It economically makes sense. When you're talking about a product that pays for itself and then pays you for years to come, when you talk about like our 40 watts with an initial price point under $10, and, and now we're rebate heavy in, in most of the country where you can get our 60-watt bulb under $5 in many cases, the payback can be months and, and save you for years and, or decades depending on, on your use. And, so and that's a good point. And they're dimmable. Let's just, I just want to toss that aspect in too real quick. They're dimmable with most with most dimmers, and we actually tell you exactly what dimmers we test compatibility, and we're always testing compatibility all the time. And if people visit prebulb.com, they, they can both see the savings that they can get from each one of our bulbs. They can see the uh, the dimmability and, and the dimmer compatibility list. They can get some fun facts on, on lighting in general, um, and a lot more information on our bulbs. And, and the only other thing I'd like to say is we want to cover the, the entire home, um, and so the Creality Bulb family isn't just about the 40 and 60 and our recently introduced 75-watt, but also the BR30s that we have launched a few months ago as well, which is the second most common application, those downlights that you're talking about, the can lights that you're talking about. And if you didn't want, uh -huh. to, you didn't want to change your can lights um, or if you, you just want to replace one bulb at a time, the great thing about the BRs is they look exactly like an incandescent BR because it is the incandescent BR glass. And so even right. in the on, on or off state, it looks exactly like the incandescent you know, bulb that you're replacing, which is even more important in that ceiling application because you see them when they're off. Um, right. The family is there. It has the same benefits throughout the family of, of energy savings, the same 10-year warranty. It, 
We're committed to looking exactly like the light bulbs that you use today and making sure that we provide you that extra benefit of lifetime uh, of energy savings. And, and frankly, just if you like technology, just the pride of having new technology that pays you. There you go. Well, hey, I really want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today and talk about this. Um, with all the disruptive technologies flying around, sometimes it's easy to forget that one of the biggest swells is in uh, the illumination space. So I'm really glad to have you on the show. It's my pleasure. I really appreciate being here. Oh, the pleasure is ours. And I'd like to thank the audience for taking the time to listen to us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul on Power. Have a great day.